At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of zombie land. This whole thing is insane! Man is even capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? It's such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy Heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresies shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the audio version of AB Live. This one, episode 64, raw and censored and unfiltered, just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. We reviewed and discussed the new Matrix Resurrections film. You know this red or black pill had to be swallowed. We presented a non-spoiler review of the fourth Matrix film with a round table of cool heretics. Be prepared for a deeper and synchromistic view of the film as it relates to simulation theory, the metaverse and multiverse, and these bloody Gnostic times. Our panel also discussed the best Gnostic and occult films slash television of 2021, and much more. Our band of apostates included Vance and Nate the Occult Fan, as well as musician, model, DJ, and producer Rhyme, and Aman Lamba, author of The Complete Illustrated Grand Grimoire. As a bonus for all subscribers, I'll include an AB Live we did a couple of years ago with Chris Knowles and Jason Horsley, where we reviewed the first Matrix film on its 20th anniversary. They were not kind to the Matrix, but Chris and Jason provided some deep insights into the simulation, social engineering, and our dystopian present. Don't miss it. Thank you so much to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria all through 2021. 
I hope I have served you well, and the best is yet to come. We need Gnosis more than ever, needless to say, in this age of Hermes, Philip K. Dick world, and Gnostic times. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. Don't forget my voiceover availability. Whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, game, documentary, or whatever, I can bring stellar results to your project with down-to-earth professionalism. Some have asked if I only do occult content, and the answer is no. I've done several podcast intros, organic vitamin and music video spots, and meditation course narrations. Also keep in mind that until the new year, you'll get a free copy of 10 Snackable Meditations if you subscribe to AB Prime or a medium-tier Patreon level. The Finding Hermes program is discounted more than 40%, and the annual AB Prime membership is now 20% off. Let us to our latest AB Live, and never forget to write your own gospel and live your own myth even if it's just a note kung fu. Turned it into a video game. How am I doing? I don't know. I don't even know how to know. That's it, isn't it? If we don't know what's real, can't resist. took your story, something that meant so much to people like me, and turned it into something trivial. It's what the Matrix does. It weaponizes every idea, every dream, everything that's important to us. We're better to bury truth than inside something as ordinary as a video game. That sounds like the Oracle. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the desert of the real. Merry Matrix and a High Lake New Year in this holiday season. And I hope you enjoy how my introductions are just getting weirder and weirder. And, uh, my name is Miguel Connor, and I am a recovering High Lake 2, a recovering meat sack. Your pompous of nonsense. Gnosis. Everybody to the very special AB Live, where we were going to do our really first group movie review. We've done some pre-recorded ones, but this one's live. Thought we'd do something different, and it had to be done because it is The Matrix, the perennial Gnostic film, a film I have quoted, a film that certainly has uh, changed my life back then. Uh, in many ways, there's a, I have a whole backstory, which perhaps we can talk about later. I am one of those few people in these in an ancient time who actually got in my car one day, drove to the movie theater, walked out, looked at all the movies, said, I'm going to pick a movie. Oh, Keanu Reeves, that's the Bill and Ted guy. This looks like a espionage or gang fight movie, and I went in and had no idea what happened. And well, 
welcome to the desert of the real. And even then, I had no idea I was a practicing Catholic. But anyway, very excited to see everybody here. Very grateful for those who are joining and for those of you in the chat room. We will get to your questions. They don't even have to. If you have questions about Gnosticism, Gnostic theme movies, which we will talk about tonight, please let us know. This is the last show of the year. I'll go a little bit dark, but then we will uh, really rev it up in 2022 because the high weirdness is going to continue and the apocalypse is not going to end. We will never return to any blue pill reality. The steak you are eating is not real. So we need that gnosis more than ever. And we got some exciting shows coming in 2022. We got shows on the sim the simulated multiverse, shows on Manly P. Hall, shows on reincarnation, Wittico okay. and Archons. Uh, we will likely have Tobias Churton on a live show. You can finally ask him your questions. And on Alistair Crowley and Austin. So a lot of good shows, a lot of cool things. So, without further ado, let us get to the panel. First, I'd like to welcome Rhyme. Rhyme is a producer, musician, DJ, model, and an all-around very cool Gnostic chick. Rhyme, thank you very much for coming. Good morning from Japan, and thank you so much for having me, Miguel. Huge fan. Oh, oh well, thank you. Yes, yes, we've played your uh, your music here, and like we discussed, one of my initiatives in 2022 is to bring on more musicians. Shame on me for not doing that, but now that I'm doing this full time and I can put out more podcasts, I want to get some Gnostic. There's a lot of cool Gnostic music, whether it's pop, uh, hip-hop, uh, heavy metal, so I want to start talking to musicians because you guys obviously have a lot to say. So uh, astral guest Jay Corbin, was that me or you, Vance? Do, do, do. Let's see. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so somebody has taken over. So yeah, so we will definitely uh, ha have you on next year, Ryan. But it's great to have you here to uh, to give us your opinions too. With us too, we got Aman Lamba, who is the author of the complete illustrated Grand Grimoire or Red Dragon, as well as the wonderful poetry book, The Adontiad, a friend of mine and an incredible researcher and occultist and all-around cool guy. Aman, thank you very much for coming on this show. Thank you, Miguel, and thanks, everyone. Looking forward to the discussion in this hyper-real you know, world we live in now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And with us, too, we've got... Nate, the occult fan, the podcaster, excellence, excellence. I probably just make a, made up a word. Nate, how are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, Kumbawa, chime, uh, rhyme over there in uh, Japan. Uh, konnichiwa. Kumbawa. Ohio gozaimasu. Uh, um, <laughs> um, and uh, hey, Vance. Hey, Emon and uh, Miguel. And hey, everyone out there listening. Um, this is, this is, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Should be. And last but not least, we've got the Moondog Vance. I was hoping, as I told him, that instead of looking like Agent Smith, he would have uh, Bugs's blue hair. But mm -hmm. here he is. Oh, he's got the spoon. Hello, Vance. It's not the spoon that bends. It's not Moondog. It's Morph Dog. Morph Dog. <laughs> yeah. And you're on mute, Vance. You're on mute. <laughs> The Matrix is good. Oh, boy. The Matrix foils me again. Yep. 
Yeah, I've got my spoon, which there is no spoon. See, there's no spoon. It's disappearing. Ah, I like that. And I'm doing good. Hello, everybody. Um, as I put down uh, for the second time, finally, uh, correctly, no spoilers, please, tonight. And I'll be taking your questions, put lots of question marks or put them in all caps if you've got questions or comments or whatever that you want me to relay. So on with the uh, simulation. The fate of the world is in your hands, Vance. Good oh, job. man, they're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get let's get this uh, Matrix party started. Uh, I'm not going to have too good news on my end. I have sort of a, what I liked and didn't like about the movie, but I'd rather you guys definitely have the gnosis. Uh, I'm an, all I'm going to say is as far as the movie's concerned, it is... It was a had a huge cultural impact. It's perhaps, as Jason Horsley said, the greatest modern myth of our times. It's part of uh, how we think, our lingo, as much as a movie like Star Wars or The Wizard of Oz or one of those <clears throat> movies that really ignites it, ignites our culture and taps into some uh, deeper archetypal forces. You would have to put The Matrix up there without a doubt. I mean. Uh, but at the same time, I'm going to say that I don't think The Matrix was innovative. I think it tapped into some powerful currents that were going at the time in the 90s. I think it, uh, and some have said downright steals. Like uh, there is stories of, uh, there's no surprise or secret that the plot of The Matrix is eerily parallel to Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. And some have said that the Wachowskis were handing out copies to the staff then. It's no secret that the Matrix riffs, even some of the lines from a lot of Philip K. Dick's work or William Gibson's Neuromancer or even James Cameron's The Terminator. And James Cameron says that he had a vision while he had a fever. It's like, no, no, no. There was a, in geekdom, there was in the 90s, the current of simulation, false reality. There was this Gnostic vibe that was going on. And The Matrix was, you might say, the winner of a group of movies that included uh, Dark City, The 13th Floor, Existence, The Truman Show, that sort of grabbed onto the mantle of what the 21st century would be. And it makes sense. As many of you know, there is that scene in The Matrix where Neo opens up his passport, and on it, it's an expired passport that says September 11th, 2001. So that was the movie that became the torch of uh, the reality that we're dealing with and the reality that we are heading to right now as we speak. So even the fact, uh, even the idea of the red pill, I had to remember, but the red pill is not even original, the Wachowskis. If you remember the movie Total Recall based on Philip K. Dick, remember that scene where this doctor comes and, <clears throat> wants to give Arnold Schwarzenegger a red pill and he tells him uh he tells him that this red pill is a symbol of your desire to return to reality so the Wachowskis took that from Total Recall the symbol of the red pill now Philip K. Dick in his short story uh uh, was it We Will Remember for You Wholesale? I forget the name of the short story. There is no red pill. So this is a Paul Verhoeven innovation. So it's interesting how these layers add to each other. 
But that's what I want to say right now. And uh, well, and I'd like to start with you, Ryan. Tell us your thoughts on the film. And remember, we we will we will loop back and talk because I'm classic. Where I'll say something and then we'll go in a meeting and I'll like shit. I just remember I should have said this. Oh, this person reminded me. But we can all come back to say to give our piece. But Ryan, what did you think of the film? Tell us. Well, there's no spoilers allowed, right? Mm. Um, I think it's definitely a must-see. I went to a crypto party two days ago. Um, every Wednesday we meet up and talk about crypto and Bitcoin and, of course, you know, other issues about life. Um, and and uh, all the guys there, of course, the nerdy guys there were like, yeah, I just, I just went and watched it. Uh, it's cool. Uh, you know, they had their opinions. So I already I was like, ah. Oh. Okay, all right. So I went to watch it that night after the meeting, and I definitely recommend that you have to go see it. Like, everyone has to go see it. Um, But would I say it's better than the first one? I mean, is any of them better than the first one? You know. Um, I think that the essence of The Matrix, though, really, to me, uh, for the most part, is about your manifestation and what you can create with your mind or what superpowers you have or what reality you want to create. And um, do you want to be asleep in someone else's reality or do you want to be awake and get into your reality? And I think that, yeah, they touched on some amazing parts about that again. And there were some really great quotes, like two in particular that stood out to me about, society and sheeple and um i thought that was really uh hit hit the core hit hit bowie over here Quote, um, quotes are not spoilers if you want to share the quotes if they're oh, without context <laughs> i don't know if i can remember them word for word but i felt like there was a very important one about you know people would rather just be you know, go back to their little like world of feeling like they're a part of something, but in reality, they're all alone. I mean, the basic knowing of life and Gnosticism is we're born and die in this world alone. So surely we should be comfortable with that. But it feels like modern society is so much, you know, matrix coding us all the time that we need this to protect us and that to protect us and that to make us happy and outside, outside, outside. It's just um never ends i guess um but i felt like there was some good stuff in there that was a little bit too obvious i was like come on man you're feeding us the carrots here but um i mean the action scenes definitely were a lot more upgraded than you know 90s visuals but i kind of kind of like the more old school like action scenes <laughs> the euro trash with the electronic yeah. music and the leather yeah mm. we didn't have that in this one no that was definitely some things and i i mean it's so hard with this spoiler thing but yeah <laughs> on to the next one yeah and uh yeah I, I have to add yes for me there was no there's no need for another matrix movie like there's no need for another wizard of oz or casablanca or willy, or, wonka. Or willy thank you willy wonka for sure so the other movies i mean the the matrix first ended perfectly well with neo speech a uh, world without rules and control a world without boundaries where everything's pot one of the greatest speeches and how he flies up and you got rage against the machine a band that has since sold out uh and uh 
it's just perfect. And sometimes I think he's not talking to the matrix. They say he's talking to the system. He's talking to me because I think you guys agree in this movie. It shows that we are as much at fault for creating the matrix as the machines. We have all sold out. So, um, and Ryan, just real quick. Uh, since you, this is your first time, everyone else here has been on the show. How did you become interested in Gnosticism? Oh, um, well, when I was a kid, um, well, my, my dad's like kind of like a uh, rock star, like was a rock star. And, you know, he's just like took acid every day for a while. And, you know, he's pretty crazy. Um, and I grew up obviously around that and my mom who was like, you know, smoking the ganja going, it's a healthy cigarette. Don't worry. You know? And I was like, totally like, mom, what are you doing? So like my upbringing was always like a bit out there from the beginning. And, um, there was a lot of like, you know, my dad used to collect a lot of cool, like weird statues of like gremlins and goblins and, you know, all the stuff that's probably in our, in all of our houses, uh, in this chat. And, uh, <laughs> And so I just like got interested in symbology, I guess, young. And then um, I was really interested in actually Christianity and Catholicism and that kind of world. My parents were like, what are you doing? And, but I loved it. Like theology was like every theology class, I was like, I have a question, I have a question. And everyone in the class was like, oh, my God, like can we just go on recess right now? But I generally found it interesting. Like I lagged maths, I flunked, you know, I didn't flunk English because I, I write lyrics. So, but you know, I never was like school was like indoctrination. I knew from the beginning. So, like, but theology, that was cool. And then when I was like seven or eight, I won a competition to meet the Dalai Lama. So I went and met him and um, shook his hand and was like, Ooh. but again, now there's different theories on that. And um, I just got really into Buddhism. And then now I live in Japan. I've actually lived in a lot of Asian countries, uh, China, Indonesia, and Japan in particular. And I'm really into um, Oriental uh, and ancient Asian spirits and deities, and I study them a lot. I've actually met some Japanese deities, specifically Benzai Ten and Fudumyo. I mean, we can go into that whole thing, but they are so powerful here in Japan, especially at particular temples and when you're with particular people. So I've seen them with my own eyes. It's like, how can I just go, oh, yeah, like, you know, temples and praying men, like I've seen them, I know. So I think that um, as I got into, you know, a lot of Asian influences, then coming from more of a Western background, I then just like, I don't know. I just, I have like a ton of books on Gnosticism and of course, like why am I on Aeon Bite? Like I just, I just love it. And I feel like music to me is just like, what's the point of making music unless it's about metaphor, metaphor, metaphor. So. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Tell people how to be free. Exactly. Great. Good to hear. It's good to hear that Japan hasn't gone completely secular. There still is spirituality there. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Good. Good to hear. All right. Well, why don't we go to you, Aman? Are you paying attention or are you looking at the woman <laughs> in the red dress? Well, no, there's always, uh, you know, and until the woman sings, we're all going to be like uh, listening. But I like the movie, right? One thing we did is thanks to, you know, again, uh, the cornucopia of uh, hyperrealism we live in, we have HBO Max and, you know, Disney's Unlimited and everything plus plus. So one has, the access that one didn't have when the Matrix came out, you know, the first time around, and we had to really 
kind of either go to the theater or you know in i think half the world run off bootlegged uh, dvds that were feeding another system a counter system that probably didn't account to much but you know uh thanks to hbo we kind of did a full rewatch right of matrix 1 2 3 and kind of finished that around midnight and then in the morning you know picked up with this so there was that freshness to to the story as it were right so that's like that that was refreshing you know unlike say watching twin peaks 20 years later and having to figure out and piece together you know bits and pieces of what what you know one remembered but that being said and you know possibly even with all the anticipation we had with this movie coming out we knew almost we expect that it isn't going to be as good right and so we set up this expectation that it isn't partly that is because it will not or it cannot give us what one calls the shock of the new you know the first matrix brought us this new presentation of you know concepts while you know again it may not have been entirely new how many people knew what the, the invisibles were about or what bodrilard had said in you know his books or you know whatever right so that uh, what has been often called in you know especially in science fiction the willing suspension of disbelief that we have to put in to experience you know that's what the first matrix gave us and that isn't something that we can recreate again you know for i mean even if anyone today watches and they i you know i did see some people say they'd never watched the original matrix and so they're watching it now they are still in a world where everyone's in the simulation and knows it so they don't have that shock of the awareness that this was a door i mean literally quite literally you know using matrix uh, symbology that you open into a world that you didn't realize existed beyond what the world you were in and then us translating that to our are somewhat you know hyper materialist lives of the you know early 20th century that that's never going to happen again uh, in that sense matrix 1 was fundamentally in the form that one might call the end of cinema just like jean luc godard you know mm-hmm. uh, and in fact they call independence day also end of cinema so that's you know i mean jurassic park was the end of cinema but godard ended his uh, weekend blow weekend right in in uh, 58 i think with this big uh, you know credit saying father cinema and then he stopped making cinema and he became a you know maoist with the ziga world of group but i think yeah. he had already stormed the barricade so so that's another story so he was already you know breaking barriers but coming back to the matrix itself it was that shock of the new in this matrix we expect that this is you know the world we live in this is the metaverse as it were right and we are all putting in digital lab- labor towards creating this and they allude to it and you know i mean again without any spoilers everyone there in the matrix uh, universe that uh, you know mr anderson is part of is aware that this was a simulation or a game and they it blew their minds away when the first time they experienced it so they're acknowledging that and you know it's almost like and again a court that you know one of brothers too knew that this is how people would react to it in fact i would have loved it if this entire movie was just a writers room version of you know making a movie rather than a movie just have all the writers sitting around because at the end of the day uh the universe and uh, every simulation is a story right mm-hmm. so that would have been so interesting to see them you know spitballing ideas and just letting us know 
every possible permutation that they could come up with. But that's how I went in to watch the movie. That being said, the movie was fun. Uh, it, you know, riffed off everything we expected. It gave us a bit of everything, you know, random characters that you see only for a few seconds and, you know, you never see them again. Very meaningful dialogues that, you know, when you look back at them, aren't very meaningful because, you know, they're just, you know, meaningful because the, you know, the characters saying them with a certain meaning. And then the weight of meaning that the directors bring to this very aware sense of having, being able to express their identities openly and wonderfully as opposed to in the past where they couldn't. And they, you know, they, so having all of that truly now as, again, to borrow from, from Baudrillard, the hyper-reality being filled with, the, the universe has become filled with hyper-realities, just like HBO, one might say, is the Gnostic network. I mean, I think there's no network other than maybe Disney that has more Gnostic shows. Uh, just like Epics is maybe the CIA network where they make all the shows that are, you know, CIA tales and, you know, you can watch them like, oh, that's what happened. But yeah, so that's, that's, that was my reaction. Now, I also saw a lot in this matrix of their acknowledgement of the uh, market of the real or the market of the data, as it were, right? We now live, and it's something that I do in my career as well, in a data economy, as opposed to, you know, just the physical or the market economy. And so that monetization of our existence in this digital, you know, space we are in is something they acknowledge. So the goods are not just the goods of assets that we exchange, but also the digital assets and our own, again, to borrow the term, the digital labor we put in is mm -hmm. of value and is being monetized. And so uh, that in itself is being uh, our physical uh, and uh, digital efforts are being converted to a mathematical structure, which quite literally in mathematical terms is called a matrix. And therefore it is, um, you know, what we have. And lastly, um, a matrix, and this was uh, something Morpheus acknowledged, you know, in the first movie is a system of control. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's something that not, hasn't gone away. In fact, it's we live in the system of control that the matrix defined as a system of control. And we, we don't see it as a system of control because we believe it is the way, you know, this, the world works. We expect that there are archons. And in fact, um, the first movies had it uh, close to the, I think the third movie, where the archons recognize that they need to have a counter objective to, you know, to sustain themselves and apply control in this form of violence to maintain that system of control. In fact, to be fair, the inhabitants and Council of Zion themselves apply violence to apply, you know, their counter narrative, which is again a form of control, right? So I think that's that's the reactions I had when I watched this movie. I love the love story element, and that's always been a part of Matrix. I think the Bukowskis do love stories better than, say, George Lucas. So you know, <laughs> that's definitely uh, you know a, a positive. Uh, so I think those were my reactions. I mean, I'm still probably internalizing it, but, you know, I think, um, you know, there's, I probably had to watch it again to see if there was any more of that lovely overt narcissism that Agent Smith uh, displayed in all his movies, you know, in the first movies. And interesting, I might just add, I was um, seeing Agent Smith, but seeing him in the form of Elrond, you know, and wondering mm -hmm. what, uh, how did Agent Smith become Elrond and retire in his you know, little uh, Rivendell and, you know, decide not to fight the battles of the final war, but, you know, be a, you know, 
interesting. But I'll I'll stop here and but just just some some of these perspectives that came to me. No, oh, excellent, excellent contribution and good points. And yes, that's one good thing about the movie. It does try to get meta. It does try to self-deprecate while Neo and Trinity, are, he's the video game developer as it shows that they mock like Warner Brothers for being greedy for making movies. And one character breaks the fourth wall and says, it's all about merchandise and people are texting too much and nobody cares about it. So it does try to sort of... Uh, mock itself as it goes all the way to the bank so um ryan was that me or did i just see deja vu is that a glitch in the matrix i think that was you miguel okay so i'm not <laughs> seeing it yeah okay i thought i saw a black cat i know what happens and this movie definitely goes woo. it takes the whole black cat to new levels uh, mm. but you'll have to see it good deal all right well a great uh nate Tell us what you thought of The Matrix 4, Resurrections. The end. I went into it thinking um, I, I, I really did my best to be neutral. Um, I knew that it's it was you can kind of feel the cultural energy and the expectation is obviously, okay, so what's this, what's this going to do? You know, and everyone's kind of like, Un- inevitably, you know, connecting it to the anchor of the original one. And originally, um, I wasn't even going to watch the original few. I was just going to dive into this. And I'm really glad that I did watch the original few. And I think that um, if there's, 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 there's just too many points to get across this evening, I will be, will be taking care of that later. Uh, six of cups or something. I uh, want to make sure though, that what they were doing to the audience when we were moving into this, because Initially, I saw the blue hair, and uh, there's too much to get into right now. But I was, I was ready. My fangs were out. I, my 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 claws were ready. I was like, all right, what's what's gonna? What, why is this gonna make me angry? And oh, look at this! They're kicking in the water just to get some splashing going on, and all this kind of stuff like that. And like, oh, that one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive into that uh, water scene because like I literally took six hours today to go through the first half an hour of the film, so I have notes. <laughs> uh, you you invited me here to do a thing, sir. I hope that everyone notices when they watch the film, there is a uh, a red sign that says Merda. Hmm. So it literally, uh, in the first few minutes, calls itself out and just says we're not being too serious. We're, we're, this is going to be, you know, here's a big sign that's a red sign and cursive that says something. So um, basically, you got that going on. I'm not going to bother swearing. Why, why bother? Uh, but the idea is what they're doing with this whole thing, especially when they start with Trinity. No spoilers, but like there's a re, <laughs> they're retreading your neuronal patterns. They're reintegrating you. They're greeting you where they know that the, the majority of us are going to be. And then they're bringing you back through this, just in case you didn't see the old films either. But they're the real, those memories, those circuits are ready to be tread. So they're activating them almost just like um, the DeLong or the shadow puppetry, something talked about in The Invisibles, by the way. What they're doing is making you move into the world, kind of bringing you through the mirror itself. Like that weird, like seeing some old stuff that you've seen before. That's good spoiler free way of saying it. Well, is you going through. Um, that's one of the big things I wanted to get across was the neuro programming that they're doing. But, um, I was ready to give this thing a kick in the butt going into it. And I think coming out of it, I'm much more charitable towards it. In fact, I view it as a fairly important film. 
I love Aaron's um a lot of a lot of great film references there. I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna do that right now, but I love um film itself and it's a very important medium, especially if you're a good magician. You can do some amazing stuff with film. You can do an amazing thing for this world with film and consciousness. So long story short, um I'm excited. Like I'm obviously like nowhere near touching as much as I could. It's a few films in one, isn't it? Then though they do have that writers kind of thing going on where it's just like and you kind of like see different dimensions going on i'm really trying hard not to spoil like this is very i'm doing a good job we're doing a good job all of us mm-hmm. to finish the point though, <laughs> so, far, you, so you, far you see yeah right okay so <laughs> let's gonna about, be the what, traitor who's what, the what, judas we're just gonna ruin it it's darth, it was darth vader luke skywalker darth vader is Neo's father. that's the yeah, end yeah. of the story and that is the end of it um, he's, a, he's a dude at the end of the crying game. Yeah, one of one of the important things is that they use the Lafayette um, term at a random point, which makes me think of the work of Lauren Coleman. So a few things I think that they actually did do is mine through our community and the type of like if they're looking for the fans, they're going to look for the fans. So I'm just going to pause it hypothetically in a meta state like and just put that out there right now that we are, you know, not only are they using in the film elements to say, Hey, look, we're a part of this. There's no division here, but look right now, this very conversation there's, you know, so we are literally, so uh, enough on that. I think it's, um, I think it's another thing. I think they must know Chris Knowles cause there's a, there's a strawberry in there at one point. So uh, I feel like there's, I feel like you could argue just putting it out there that they study, you know, it's a reciprocal relationship. So, um, last thing, attitude equals programming. If there's a useful life thing, like just your, your attitude in life, it's your programming. So determine, be your own architect. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there. Just felt like the thing to do. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we might have to do a spoiler one in the future. Might have to do it on your podcast, man. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, there's definitely some programming in this movie. Uh, one thing I noticed is, man, they really ramped up the transhumanism. In the mm-hmm. other three Matrix movies, AI and humans might work together, but there's still a division. They're segregated. In this movie, suddenly everybody is mixing and interbreeding, talking about genetic 
like uh, fruits. I mean, they're really ramped up, and obviously it's 20 years later or more. So these are the themes, but they definitely shoved this one really hard. The other thing, too, yeah, I was like you when I saw uh, Bugs. I was like, oh, they're going to give us, hit me with the agenda. But mm. I actually I liked her. I mm. thought she was a well-developed character. She was not a Mary Sue. She had doubts. She had strengths. I, in fact, I wish they would have maybe – I wanted to see more of Bugs. Mm. Uh, so a good thing. But uh, while we were watching it, my, we were in the dark with all my kids. My wife goes – Ah, they are starting, they're marginalizing Neo to raise Trinity. And I'm fine with that. And I went like, damn. <laughs> but, and this is what I saw. My son loves the first three movies. He was bored to tears. It flipped. My daughter, my nine-year-old daughter, and my six-year-old daughter were just glued to the table. There's something that shifted. And the look of my nine-year-old daughter when she would see Trinity doing stuff was, I was like, yeah, it's worth it. What the hell? You know, if my son has the other three movies, let my daughters have this movie. It's something mm-hmm. for everybody. So, yeah. Uh, so, that, Miguel, that's again, if you look at early 2000s, uh, you know, much as we, you know, there's this whole, this blue pill, red pill thing that everyone took on after that, which is not even the point of the movie, because at the end of the day, did anyone really take, you know, the red pill, I mean, the blue pill and see what it did? Maybe it gave them, you know, a little four-hour experience better, you know, but we don't know. But how did they know? Because the the point of the Matrix, the first set of movies, and even this one is choice, right? Choice is important, mm-hmm. but choice is you take it when you understand it. And, you know, this movie drives it home that everyone has a choice. And in that sense, uh, giving voice to to, you know, you know, bugs and to Trinity. Uh, there's, I think, again, no spoiler, but Trinity appears dressed in virtually the same clothes as Neo did in the first mm-hmm. movies, and that's a very important, you know, evolutionary thing. And I, uh, you know, what I found interesting was they, they, yeah, they brought in a lot of symbolism, which they always do, but they also made it. They acknowledged that this was symbolism. So, um, you know, the the principle of there is an architect. That was the concept of the old movies, right? Someone architected it. And architecture is, is an existing thing. In this movie, it's more like it's a game. It's something we can interact with. It's something we can change. And we can change roles. So, you know, you can be a program, but you can also be on the side of the humans. Or, you know, you can be, um, you know, and so so that... Uh, even the casting, and we probably, if you start going to the casting, you'll probably give away a lot of spoilers, so I, I'll avoid that. But the choice of Neil Patrick Harris is indeed a rather clever one for a number of reasons. His early roles as a young, precocious, you know, intelligent uh, man, and then his his career path and his personal path are things that you, you have to take into context when you see this movie. Um, you know, the ending of the last you know, Matrix 3, where Neo perhaps dies, and maybe he does, we don't know, <laughs> um, is a flash of, of white light and almost becoming an angelic figure. Now, did that mean that, that he, he achieved his enlightenment and therefore now he is able to be beyond that? And in a way, he is uh, given assuming that he's still in this, this world, playing a bodhisattva figure where he's aware of that. So there's so much they acknowledge that we're all going to come with this baggage and the people who've grown up or even the newer 
members of society who are, who are accepting that they have a right to be who they are that's i guess the biggest gift they've given with this movie right while it's still definitely a commercial movie and nothing wrong with that they're giving that access to people to express themselves yeah well said i mean i, I don't know if i agree and you know, we'll get to vance uh but what i liked about the f- the first three is you really had a very powerful what, trinity you had morpheus neo and trinity and despite who might think the hero without one of the three the entire hero's journey collapses this one like you said there's more moving parts i don't think they did justice to morpheus he kind of just goes and trinity's right you know that's what i loved about the original matrix you need it i mean we can get very gnostic with the sethian trinity and you need all the and they're all equally important and they all had their roles when you know they go into the sky and trinity you know they see the sunlight trinity is no longer necessary because now neo is going to the invisible spirit so she dies so it's a beautiful interaction which mm-hmm. i really liked about the first three movies and it yeah. was all about really about equality and strength and the alchemical force so but vance tell us what you thought well i enjoyed it mm-hmm. and um i think it's a little bit like when uh, i don't know how many of you um were around like when you first got cable tv you know mm-hmm. all the different movies and oh gosh there's so much to watch and after a while you get to a point where all right i've seen all these and then you have to wait around you know for here's one all right now here's another movie and then you wait for another month you know <laughs> it's a little better than that these days but um the matrix is kind of like that because the first movie was of course groundbreaking and exciting and so forth and it was all new and then the rest of them were just kind of an extension and it was kind of like after you watched all the movies and caught up with the movies on cable tv now i caught up now with the idea and now they're just kind of extending the idea and the fourth wasn't any different than than the second and third in that regard in my in my estimation i i enjoyed it though um it was intriguing i i didn't know what was going to happen and uh you know it's as entertainment it's it's good it really does tell the story of and this is not giving anything away of what happened after neo um interfaced with the machines at the end of matrix 3 so um uh if anybody's curious and loved the the story of the matrix and wanted to follow it it's really for people who want to follow the the story and um <clears throat> somebody mentioned the animatrix by the way um mm-hmm. and uh, that was the, on the other side right that that gave like a setup for how it all for, for how it all happened um I missed Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith. I'm sorry. And they put that other guy in there as Agent Smith. Eh, you know, come on. That, that, that. Now, the guy that uh, replaced Morpheus and the way they did it, I said, all right, okay. You know, that, that was okay with me. And you'll have to see the movie to, to know what I mean um, or to know what I'm talking. You may not feel the same way. But um, uh, apparently they didn't invite uh, Lawrence Fishburne to uh, – to, uh, um, uh, to participate in the movie, although they did invite Hugo Weaving and they had schedule conflicts, so um, they they uh, that's why he didn't appear as Angel Smith again. So mm-hmm. I was disappointed in that because there's nothing like Mr. Anderson, you know. There's nothing like that. I'm sorry, I missed that. Although I guess they had flashbacks, you know. That this full of flashbacks. I think that's uh, probably everybody knows that's going to be full of flashbacks. So the clip show. <laughs> Yeah, and I should. uh, Yeah, no, well said. I think that's a on the negative part is that yeah, you did. uh, 
you did lose a yeah, there was a lot of pretty faces, but losing Lawrence Fishburne, Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. Mary Alice, and <laughs> Cornell West. That was my favorite part of like the third movie. It's like he was just amazing and I thought he stole the entire movie. So we lost a lot of talent and that you Which know kind of exposed uh kind of exposed uh, Keanu Reeves when you do that. Oh, he was Cornel part of West? the council. Yeah, he was part of the council. Oh okay. um, yeah, he had a great line. Well they're pretty faces, um, yes, but where were all the women? The the, the woman in the red dress and um, uh, the Merovingian's girlfriend. You know, um, I, I, uh, that was um, oh gosh, she was in it though, wasn't she? The she was Saint Mary Actress. Magdalene. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I I missed that. Trinity looked pretty good though. She looked almost the same as in the first movie. I was very surprised. Neo looked pretty good too. You know, Keanu Reeves. Right on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, as far as Neil Patrick Harris, let's not forget him on, uh, he was also in Harold and Kumar. And he was a yeah. very different character in Harold. And mm-hmm. Kumar. Very, very obnoxious. So yeah, yeah so uh, why don't we get to you, uh, Rhyme, since I know you have to leave us at the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on this? Or what did you think of yeah. the character's character? Tell us. Well, I thought... Um... I want to kind of a little bit retract to some programming things that I picked up on. Um, one of them was something Trinity said about like women's places and um, her whole like, uh, like family uh, views and questioning her own biological, you know, thought uh, if I should be doing this or not, if this is the right choice. I felt there was a little bit of like um, attack the family, attack the family unit. Um, That part was interesting. The other one that I found that I wanted more of was a bit more to do with machines. So yes, Neo had a huge impact, not only for humans and humanity on freeing themselves, but there was also a, a touch of it towards machines. So obviously machines are now thinking for themselves themselves uh, like us humans would be but I felt like there could have been more storyline to do with a revolution outside of this matrix which is around Io and around the dark city and there was one moment where they flashed back to going over the clouds you know that amazing moment Mm -hmm. of like the pink clouds and it's just like what's really out there like to me that's like more gnostic of like what's the meaning of life what's outside of us what's outside of outside of outside so i wanted to go more in that direction and i was a little bit like all right cool we've been inside the matrix a while like let's get back out to you know taking down the real bad guys or like that there was this moment of like hey machines and humans can work together um Mm -hmm. that was a really cool theme that i felt could be touched on more yeah that's true that is true i don't know if i'd i think i'd go with philip k dick that it's just not possible but Mm. uh, yeah yeah good points on that one and there was a a lot of good uh quotes i mean there is um i think that the the crux of how this changes too is the control system this one is more um what is uh, one of the villains, which we won't mention, he talks about how he's able to control humans. I said, uh, it's the theme of yearning for what you don't have and dreading losing what for what you do have. To me, that was the most powerful thing the villain said, because that's how he gets humans. We humans 
we live in this state of sort of uh, anxiety and fear. And that's what feeds the matrix. And yeah. And, and the archons, they feed off of this fear because, and we can't get, it's like, we all know what to do. We all can press that mirror or jump off that bill. There's something, or even in the matrix, as you can see in the, in the trailer, Neo wants to like talk to Trinity. He doesn't remember, but he's, he's afraid. And that's the power of the matrix, which talks about humanity. Most humans don't want to take that step, that asking the girl out, starting that project, sending that uh, manuscript to a publisher, asking for the, the raise. And that's what destroys us. But we're also afraid to lose all the crap and junk we already have that's sort of baggage. So to me, that was really powerful insight on the matrix as well as what does bug say you know one time you know the matrix is all about weaponizing it weaponizes every dream art form desire and that's what it does which is basically what the archons do they create copies and they exploit us human beings but as i said we humans have given the matrix our power our agency because we're just too afraid to take a risk we don't want to lose what we have and we're too afraid to go for what we really need so what do you think of that ryan yeah well completely and i love everyone's different takes you know we all have very good different takes and uh, views on this which i think balances out everything nicely but very well said miguel and you know looking at if we were to really wake up in that world of like all this plugs in us and like looking all like, you know, gremlin-y, it's like, that's, that's a tough reality to look at. But then I, I guess in this group and I guess most of the listeners and viewers today, you know, we've definitely gone through that awakening and have to see the ugly side of life, like the other side and have to process that and unplug. And like, it hurts to unplug and, um, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's like a main theme in and they and they went over that again, which was nice because that that whole like moment when um uh Neo wakes up in that red like thing is that was really cool. So they actually uh remade that and it was like more cool yeah. in this movie, which I thought was was fun and they had to go through that whole um plug-in process again and as well with oh now now i'm like going down spoiler avenue yeah no the plugins are there in the first movie as well yeah yeah the movie sort of uh, remembers the past and rehashes yeah Yeah, you never know what's real or not what i was uh probably somewhat surprised is the environment that this movie is set in does not feel like 2021 it feels like early 90s it didn't no one was on iPads or iPhones or Androids, no one was, you know, basically immersed with the head down. You know, there's that scene in the elevator where he's the only one, he's sitting and everybody's on their phone and he's like... Yeah. I'm actually glad you brought that up. That's, I just want to say, as far as cinema, cinematography goes, that's one Mm -hmm. of the most excellent shots in the entire film and there's no Mm -hmm. motion like whatsoever. It's, it's a very, it's a very tricky camera shot and, Mm -hmm. um, I advise people to look out for it when they're watching the film. You're going to be looking up through, uh, you're going to basically see like a, an inverted Kaaba of a form. So mm-hmm. More on that later. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe question for Ryan, what did you think of again, no spoilers, but uh, they took the story away from the United States over to, you know, well, Japan. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, did, did that, was that 
did that resonate? Is that really how it is? Uh, you know. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. So um, I was like, uh, when they were like, we're going to Tokyo, and me and my partner looked at each other like, oh my god. And then there's this surreal like Mount Fuji with like very plastic looking sakura trees and like this little tiny city of like Manhattan style Tokyo, and we were just like, oh. And I think everyone in the cinema was like, oh, this is not what Tokyo looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the machines wanted to simulate it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then also like I didn't oh man, I just didn't like the whole like mask thing in the train there because it was like just like rubbing it in like yeah of course in Japan everyone wears everyone a mask. has a yeah. Mm-hmm. Could I just make an observation that the only people who's um who had any issues like I'm going to totally spoiler skirt this. Um, I'll just use the word swarm so that cuz we all know but um not a single person who was like all of us looking got did that behavior but everyone who did was wearing that i just wanted to make that for people to to be clear about it that's something yeah that's- yeah and there was like there was a switch like they could just like they're, they're up, like oh god no okay no spoiler no spoiler close 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 no oh, no well, but, but if yeah let me actually bring it back away from spoiler territory okay. to agnostic territory <laughs> for me you know i mean everyone's called the matrix agnostic movie i didn't quite see the agnosticism as much as maybe the you know a uh, lost uh, you know civilization something that always struck me about the first matrix was this was and you know it recently i, I don't think we caught, I caught it the first time around is that this is a breakaway civilization that's underground that's mm-hmm. way more you know diverse and woke and sensitive and open and healthy to to everyone's identity and role than than the simulation that everyone lives in which was completely bland and you know mechanic me- mechanized and you know i think that was part of the intent right uh the neo character and you know uh, uh, miguel you you correctly placed it that earlier they had the trinity this time it was a dyad which mm-hmm. again might be the intention right so this mm-hmm. is the lost uh, you know uh, half that they have to unify to to get back to the higher kind of plane uh what i did find interesting though is given that everyone in principle that neo is walking around with now knows that the matrix is somehow a an existent thing that tells me is it that you know uh, you know it's almost like the sabatians being crypto within a larger mm-hmm. society they're yeah. walking through uh this um, you know and we had this excellent show i think we both listened to the podcast today right with christ oh, wonderful you know i love i love yeah. the sabotage and the frank is some of my favorite that i was listening to that and putting it in a matrix context and wondering <laughs> how would the sabatans and the you know oz model and all of that how would they relate to the matrix because oz was again a fantasy land an mm-hmm. unreal land where she was in kansas one moment and suddenly she was in oz and you know everything was yellow brick road and not a poor farm you know on the brink of penury right how you know how do you correlate that because the matrix is not just the matrix that the wakowskis created it is the larger you know uh, digital universe we all live in so how do we how do you all see that mm-hmm. hmm. anyone 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 I just realized this is completely off topic, but I was watching Succession. The older brother is the guy from Ferris Bueller. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. just I just realized it. I know it's strange, but uh, well, I think to your point, Miguel, they they definitely could. I mean, after people watch this, they'll be able to say uh, more or less. I feel like they're trying to do um, 
kind of like a, a universe, uh, you know, like Marvel Comics type of universe type thing, where they're trying to tie in Sense Eight universe into this one. I really feel like they're trying to do that pretty hard. And um, I mean, like, I'm not going to give away anything because there are cool new things. But um, base basically, um, yeah, for anyone who knows Street Fighter, uh, the Hadouken, that was that was amazing. I love that moment. So I'm I'm not giving anything away, but like there are several when new techniques that he that are introduced in this. It's really they still know how to excite you, and uh, there's still some really good explosions. I'll just that's not a spoiler. There's some really fun explosions. So yeah, <laughs> okay. Green screens. Yeah, advanced. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't uh, too impressed with the action or anything. Like, I think I'm done with that. I think yeah. the, the Matrix kind of changed everything and ruined everything. But, I'm uh, just a dumb young guy, Miguel. What can I say? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I like the philosophical arguments, and mainly because I get to rip them and use them on the show. So I admit it. That's what I'm looking for. I want to ask you guys, um, like, I'm wearing a T-shirt, and um, it's... Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The movie that... Oh, Lab- wow. You're blowing my mind. That's too funny. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, I have the uh, special edition of the Blu-ray. And oh, I was wow. holding up. I'm, I'm a musician like you, and I model myself after Bowie. So now oh. you're, you're, you're just like... Oh, Matrix Minds. Well, there's... <laughs> dude, right on. Absolutely. The balance mm-hmm. of the other side, across the ocean. Uh, maybe the other dimensional ocean, in fact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there's, there's a lot going on. It's just hard to catch it all at some times. It's, it's, there's, it's, it's at this point, there's so much that's out there. It's almost like we're aware, like with this advent of the increase of what people... I call divine feedback or people call mm-hmm. synchronicity. It's almost like we're aware that we're living in it. And it's like almost more and more... And you're either, it's like the tool artwork on the fear inoculum. You're either getting it, you're going in that direction, or you're not getting it, and you're going to be assimilated, mm-hmm. basically. Well, so, it's, like, yeah. mm, it's like Miguel always says, it's not, it's not, might not be the best time to be alive, but it's the best time to be awake. No, yep. I agree with that. So yep. I feel like Labyrinth, you know, like on that, mm-hmm. on that topic of other movies, you know, relating to Gnosticism, I feel like I never heard you guys talk about Labyrinth. Oh, mm. did I miss an episode? But I feel like there is this uh, trinity of labyrinth and that kind of pathway through this uh, maze and uh, these different creatures and like having to reach like this kind of one, you know, it, it just feels like kind of related. So that's why I wore it today. But I wanted to know your thoughts um, before I leave on labyrinth or if you feel like it's in theme of Matrix. It is so. Indeed. Yeah, I don't know, Miguel. Have you ever covered Labyrinth? Because I saw Labyrinth. We have. More... Yeah, we have talked yeah. about. Mm-hmm. We've not done dedicated, but we certainly have talked mm-hmm. about it. And of yeah, course, because... we've talked a lot about. Sure. Bowie. I mean, Labyrinth was definitely more the Goblin King, and you know the the uh, again, if we translate the concept of the Matrix back to the the I guess the medieval, uh, you know, uh, thing, it was again a breakaway civilization. If I might, an underground layer that was not you know reality and therefore you could be uh, you know a king you could be a, you know whatever you could defeat monsters because you had more power than you did in your you know maybe everyday life right just like never ending story you know you were this kid in a regular life but you know you got taken away and i think all of us uh, were taken away right by books by I, but on that note, um, you know, they've made a very interesting 
uh, plot change, and it's in the in the uh, uh, trailer. So I'll ask as to deja vu, deja vu, deja vu. Yes, but why did they make the Matrix that that you know Anderson made a video game series as opposed to calling it a movie series? I mean, why no. is it that they were? Was that an? In, I mean, I'm sure it was intentional. Because you know, video games have been always a simulation, and I should also say, games in general, like those, are also modes of you know uh, creating imperialist discourse, right? Whether it's Halo or Oregon Trail or right. you know whatever. So, wh- what was the intention, you think, and how does that tie? So, Labyrinth is not a game, but it also has a bit of a game feeling. So, I'm you know just tying it back. Well, I think the video game, there is a plot that has to do with Morpheus mm-hmm. having to be there. So it had to happen in Neo's game that he was coding secretly. So that's why it was a game, even though they say they're going to make a movie. We think they're in- going to make a game. Yeah. They did release a Unreal Engine kind of game simulation thing, you know, maybe setting it up to have a Matrix metaverse, which would be just too much hyper reality for anyone to to digest you know but well, they're making yeah. a harry potter metaverse game which oh my I'm god terrifying. where jk rowling won't be allowed in of course but that's another story <laughs> so, <laughs> to your to your point this is an old copy of alice's adventures in wonderland uh-huh. it's from the um it's from 1898 nice. <clears throat> 1892 i want to say wow, nathan right nathan lee i'm a i'm a nathan lee it's a rare variety oh. No, oh, I know, I know, I know. That's quite, quite all right. Um, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's one of actually my guitar. Her name is Alice. Like this is one of my favorite things in my reality. I love Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass. I'll, I'll read you. I'll do Jabberwocky right now. No, I won't, but I will. Uh, I'll say this though. Just as far as the Matrix goes in my own life, it's been a really weird month. Um, just like the, we all know the Matrix for one thing: that code, the language dripping down the screen like that's like you see that and you're like matrix this past month since sagittarius i decided to learn three new alphabets for no reason so now i know hebrew uh the rune futh the elder rune futh arc so i called it hebrews because i learned them together and i learned greek in one night like two days ago so it's like i've had a lot of languages like dripping in front of me so it felt like the the timing was it was just it was too big that's a lot of throat chakra, yeah. like you, of yeah. language, man. I, you were talking Wonderful. about that. I was thinking if you've been reading uh, the Practicus uh, edition of the Ars Notoria that Dr. Stephen Skinner just put out, because one of the things he talks about in that is about learning languages really fast, you know, using the Notaria from, you know, mm-hmm. the Ars Notaria. But, okay, I'm, I don't think you meant that, but maybe it's something to check out <laughs> i would love that thank you no that's actually yeah. that's perfect advice i am a yeah. zero zero degree libra this is all mm-hmm. i'll say oh yeah. i will say I'm, a zero, I, I'm actually i'm actually obligated to say this at the time of this seven. at the time of this tonight mm-hmm. we are doing the saturn uranus square at 11 degrees in aquarius and taurus and all i'm not gonna i'm not going to delineate I'm not going to delineate all the energies but i will say that basically long story short saturn is the old and prisoner uranus's explosive revolution so having something that's trying to limit the explosive revolution and squares are where energy happens you know sextiles it might be a thing but might be like a squares it's like two people 
So there's stuff happening right yeah. now that's directly related to this. So I just had to tie that in because it's extremely significant. And there you have it, my beloved true seekers. The first part of our stellar and astral group discussion on the Matrix Resurrections. As mentioned in the intro, and as a bonus for all subscribers, I'll include an AB Live we did a couple of years ago with Chris Knowles and Jason Horsley, where we reviewed the first Matrix film on its 20th anniversary. They were not kind to the Matrix, but Chris and Jason provided some deep insights into the simulation, social engineering, and our dystopian present. Don't miss it. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage the private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. And yes, you can now download a simple private RSS feed through Red Circle for only $4.99 a month. Check it out in the show notes. So please become an AB Prime member or Patreon at Patreon or Red Circle subscriber for the full audio interview and to support this red pill cafeteria. It will cost you less than a buck per episode, and that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever. Might be the only way to finally break through the Matrix and get into a reality where you are finally free. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.